It's Saturday, April the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a minor assault on the capital and nuclear talks with Iran. First, the week in brief. A man drove a car into a barrier outside the American capital. He emerged from the vehicle with a knife and lunged at Capitol Police officers. One officer was killed in the attack, another was wounded. The suspect was shot and later died in hospital. Police identified him as Noah Green, an apparently disturbed 25-year-old admirer of Louis Farrakhan, and said the incident did not appear to be, quote, terrorism. Congress was not in session. The American economy added 916,000 jobs in March, a much greater number than economists had forecast, and considerably more than the 468,000 positions created in February. The unemployment rate also nudged down to 6% from 6.2% in February. The data added to the signs that America's recovery is accelerating, although there are still nearly 8.4 million fewer jobs than before the pandemic. The parties to the Iran nuclear deal agreed to meet in Vienna next week to discuss returning to its terms. Even so, America and Iran will speak only indirectly through intermediaries. In 2018, the Trump administration withdrew America from the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the deal's formal name, which was designed to slow Iran's development of nuclear weapons. On taking office, President Joe Biden indicated his interest in reviving the deal. The talks next Tuesday will be the first concrete steps towards this. At least 50 died and about 150 more were injured when a packed express train in Taiwan with almost 500 aboard derailed while going into a tunnel. It is the deadliest rail crash on the island for decades. It is thought that an improperly parked lorry slid down a slope and hit the train, derailing the rear carriages. Prosecutors are seeking charges against the lorry's owner. Myanmar's military junta charged Aung San Suu Kyi, the country's de facto leader until deposed in a coup in February, with violating a colonial-era Official Secrets Act, carrying a maximum sentence of 14 years. Meanwhile, widespread protests continued after the government shut down the country's wireless broadband services. Government forces shot at protesters in Sagaing region in northwest Myanmar, injuring several. Mohamed Bazoum was sworn in as president of Niger days after an attempted coup by members of the armed forces was thwarted. The inauguration marks the first ever peaceful transition of power between elected presidents since Niger became independent in 1960. Mr Bazoum, a former interior minister, replaces Mahmoudou Issoufou, who voluntarily stepped down after two five-year terms. And after a better-than-expected year for China's banks, fueled in part by their ability to roll over bad debt, China's financial regulator announced draft capital requirements intended to force too-big-to-fail ones to reduce risk. In addition to maintaining capital adequacy ratios, banks considered sufficiently large will pay a surcharge of between 0.25% and 1.5%. And now, here's today's agenda. Invaders from Earth, Invasive Species There should not be Nile perch in Lake Victoria. Since arriving there 70 years ago, the carnivorous fish has devoured to extinction 200 species of cichlid, a piscine family unique to the African lake. 
Nile perch is an invasive species, an alien introduced to a habitat by humans. Like climate change, invasive species damage not only the environment, but also the economy. Analysis in Nature, a journal, has put a cost to such carelessness for the first time – trillion trillion since 1970. Insects and rodents spread plagues and spawn pandemics, while worms and fungi ravage crops and devastate ecosystems. And as the globalization of trade continues, opportunities for species to broach new territories expand, hitching a ride, for instance, in the bilge water of ships. The paper in Nature urges governments to invest heavily in international agreements and detection at ports. They hope putting a dollar amount to the damage will alarm politicians enough to prompt action. First Person Singular Haruki Murakami Ichi Ninsho Tansu was published in Japan last summer, but Haruki Murakami's latest collection of short stories hits British and American shelves next week. First Person Singular touches upon the themes that have earned Mr. Murakami a cult following over his decades-long career – solitude, memory, baseball, and jazz. Most of the stories have been published before, but some will be new to English readers. All eight are told by a first-person narrator, usually a reclusive middle-aged man such as Mr. Murakami. His surrealist style blurs the boundaries between recollection and fabrication, fantasy and reality. Often the narrator and the writer seem one and the same. Yet who could believe a monkey once dispensed wisdom to Mr. Murakami at a spa? Like a sauna's steam, Mr. Murakami's prose clouds the reader's mind, inviting them to try to determine where the narrator ends and the author begins, or to stew in the ambiguity. Having it large, the world's biggest painting. Is bigger better? Art collectors seem to think so. The world's largest canvas painting sold at auction in Dubai last week for $62 million, double its estimated value, after a frenzied bidding war. Entitled The Journey of Humanity, it is almost 1,600 square metres, a quarter of the size of a small FIFA regulation football pitch. It was created in 2020 by the British artist Sasha Jaffrey, who reports working 20-hour days on his hands and knees for nearly a year. The process was so arduous, it gave Mr. Jaffrey a spinal injury. But he will see no monetary reward. The artist plans to donate the proceeds to a number of children's charities. The painting is so large that Mr. Jaffrey had split it into 70 separate panels, planning to flog each part individually. But the buyer, a French cryptocurrency trader resident in Dubai, wanted it all. Now he must find a wall to hang it on. Career Crossroads – Lil Nas X's New Artistic Direction In 2019, Lil Nas X's country rap stylings dominated the charts. Old Town Road, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, was the fastest single ever to reach diamond status – 10 million sales in America. Now Lil Nas X has shed his spurs for another staple of music about American roads – Satan. The rapper's new music video features him sliding down a pole into hell and giving Satan a lap dance before breaking his neck. 
As part of the song's publicity campaign, he is selling, quote, Satan shoes, modified Nike trainers decorated with pentagrams and containing human blood. Nike did not authorize this and has already won an injunction against the shoe's designers. Religious conservatives were outraged, but the rapper pleads irreverence, his art equally influenced by droll queerness and internet culture's pervasive irony. He justifies the controversy by complaining that modern music lacks bite and is not really, quote, starting conversations anymore. At the very least, he has got some people talking. Blades on the Feather, the Oxford and Cambridge Boat Race For the first time since 1845, the University Boat Race, a contest between teams from Oxford and Cambridge, will take place in uncharted waters. The 2021 race on Easter Sunday will be run on the Great Ouse, near the cathedral city of Ely, rather than its traditional course on the Thames in London. Two factors persuaded the race's organisers to change venue uncertainty about pandemic restrictions and the closure of Hammersmith Bridge, a popular but dangerously rickety vantage point for spectators. Ely hosted one of several unofficial races held during the Second World War when the main contest was suspended, with Oxford winning by three-quarters of a boat's length in 1944. The new course will make for a very different race. It is shorter than the Thames route, almost completely straight, sheltered by high banks, and there is no tide. This should mean a focus on pure speed. This year's champion may be decided rather quickly. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mistanget, who was born on this day in 1875. A kiss can be a comma, a question mark, or an exclamation point. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.